from Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. And uh, uh, indeed, this is the day the Lord has made as we move ever closer to the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, uh let us rejoice and be glad, and a lot to rejoice, a lot to be glad about, a few things to be, I guess, worry about, but, uh, you know, that's why uh, the good Lord is there. Ask, and uh, you shall receive. Uh, knock, and the door will be answered. Uh, those are two very comforting things in my life, and we're pleased to welcome in Jane Lee, God's Heart and Hand Ministry. Thank good you. To it's see good you, Jane. to be here. Good to have you with us. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. We're approaching the big day. Preparation. Advent is our preparation. Indeed. And the signs are everywhere. If we look for them, we're having to look a little harder. Yeah, so. and we've got Christmas Eve is also a Sunday. Oh, that's which is lovely. There's going to be so many masses. You'll <laughs> 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 yes. Let's see, am I going to Sunday Mass or am I going to Christmas Eve Mass? You know, it will obviously depend on the time of day. Right, But uh, right. And our church is changing with the advent and the and the wreath and candles and reminding yeah, us and drawing yeah. us more inward the the four sundays of advent mm-hmm. and uh yeah just wonderful stuff it is and and it is it is a time of of preparation and i'm uh, you know there's there's so much happening in the world today that uh of concern obviously but just you know i, I know my wife and I sometimes we look at each other and say, well, what would we do if we didn't have God? If we didn't yes. have God in our lives, some of these problems, whether whether they're our own problems or or which are few compared to the rest of the world, or right. some of these world problems which just seem intractable, um, just seem overwhelming, um, is the, the, the level of things going on are really, really hard, you know, and you think, thank God that there is God. Right. And you that know, we have and him that, and we can turn and to And that um, he loves us, you know, in a way that we probably can't even imagine, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. And when we draw closer to him at, at times like this, when there is so much, um, he does draw closer to us, right? You were mentioning scripture about ask yeah. and, it, and you shall receive knock and the door will be opened. And it should be our first r- refuge, not our last refuge. Yes. I think yes. sometimes we we throw our hands up or we try to solve it ourselves, and and we don't ask humbly. For, no, we don't. It's for, that balance, for, isn't for, it? For help, you right? Know, between and, free will and yeah. God's will, and yeah. Thy will be done. Yeah. Like, okay, God, I tried everything else, and that didn't work. Will you please help me? You know, right. it's and it should be the first thing is, um, first thing in the morning. Last thing at night, uh, with gratitude and also humility, and also just that that knowledge that God's God's on our side. Mm-hmm. You know, He's on our side. He's not just there; mm-hmm. He's on our side. Yes, that's true. That's true. So then, it sounds like you're already starting. You're just mentioning, like in your prayer rituals in the morning and then at night, and those are. That really does bookend our days, doesn't it? Yeah. And especially during this time, because we do have the visual reminders that this is Advent. And while yeah. it's a, it seems like a competition sometimes, or like Santa is chasing, you know, and kind of winning the battle, so to speak, and there's so much red everywhere, and, and it's getting harder to find the nativities in the stores and so on, they are there. And it does draw us closer to God in that. And then this ministry that the Lord has brought me to, um, God's Heart and Hands, is now looking at keeping the holidays holy. We have to make a choice. And what you were just describing is we have to make that choice. There is so much in the headlines. There is so much this time of year. And making the choice to keep our prayer rituals that we have right now in the morning and at night and with gratitude. I heard a a talk once by a priest. You you get these good jewels and you forget who said them. So credit to whoever it is that I listened to. Talking about using the, the rosary beads as gratitude. Mm. That after the, the the cross of thankfulness for the crucifixion and the resurrection, then on every bead, something you're thankful for. 
And it does draw you, as he noted, deeper and deeper mm-hmm. into things you don't even that aren't even in your mind in that day, but are actually connected to what's going on in your life that day. And so as we strive to keep the holidays holy and with those headlines, it's such a almost like counterbalance. It's like, well, how can I have joy when other people when there's wars going on? Mm-hmm. And we know enough now. It's not like it was decades ago where there was a delay. It's all immediate. We see well, it all it's, immediately. It's like right now. Yeah. Right. Right. And so how do we how do we do that? How do we and for ourselves and our family? How do we, you know, and then how do you help your children do it? Yep. Because they're very aware, right? Yep. Of all of this. Well, you know, there there used to there there was a time, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 years ago where you would hear this expression the war on Christmas, you know, that that uh, airports weren't putting Christmas trees up and, uh, you know, all these things, you know, that it was uh, offensive or, or maybe uh-huh. might be offensive to some people kind of thing. And it's, it's interesting, the, the emphasis, at least in California, on diversity, mm-hmm. I think has brought it all back because we, we, we have uh, our, our Jewish brothers and sisters uh-huh. who are celebrating. We have, uh, whether it's Islam or, or a variety of other religions that have their holy days, and suddenly it was okay to recognize those. And and oh, so and so now it's right. okay again to recognize Christmas. I, right. I know in my own town, we went from the Christmas tree right lighting uh-huh. you know the big tree right. and and uh, you know hot chocolate and all uh-huh. that at night in early december to the holiday tree lighting okay to back to the christmas tree lighting oh my okay you know because it's it's part of our diversity right christianity is one of the right is you know whereas before there was this sense well it's it's just about christianity and that's discriminatory or something right, you know right and now it's 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 okay. You're you're seeing more, more. Um, I think more manger displays, mm-hmm. uh, and front yards, and front yards. Uh, there could be a manger display at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. It's it's not even it's not even controversial, right? You know, right. this is this is a religion that many people believe in. This is a time of year that's very special and holy to them. And uh, if you can't display your beliefs on public property, mm-hmm. well, then you have to be a property owner to display your beliefs. Mm-hmm. When well, that shouldn't be, it shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't. You know, like no. like you know, public ground. We all own it, and right. if if and uh, yeah, it leads to some strange things. Occasionally, people say, "Well, I'm uh, I believe in this, and I want right. to be on the Capitol." Okay, fine. You have your display on the Capitol lawn too. Right. But we're going to be there just uh, just as on. Ash Wednesday, when Bishop Soto is there on the steps of the Capitol, yes, with ashes, yes, you know it's like and 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 sometimes in the evening he's he's uh, at a federal building or somewhere or maybe he's at Sac State or maybe he's uh-huh. at UC Davis or one of our community colleges, welcomed, welcomed, you know this beautiful. is this is this great, uh-huh. yeah. That is that is that that's really beautiful. That's really beautiful. And then all the different ways that points up all the different ways that God is trying to get to us, so to speak. Right. He's he's when we just ask, he's right there. Yep. I heard it once said that when we when we reach one hand towards God, He reaches back for us with two hands. Yeah. And it's true. So as families navigate this, I am seeing the buzz get to the families, the the overload. Uh, the sports are still continuing, and the and the recitals and the the dance performances and so on, on top of Christmas, which just takes a lot of preparation that we're all doing. And um, this morning, our, our priest um, homily said, don't lose sight of the fact that Advent is what Advent is. All that, the external, and he called it the external trappings, the cookies, mm-hmm. the parties and everything else, the decorations, the shopping, the cards and everything, point towards what is inward and start with what's inward. Right. And um, that really points to keeping the holidays holy. Is we have to start with it. How you said so beautifully, you start your day with the prayer, and I do as well. I mean, my feet hit the floor, and I flip around, and I'm on my knees, and with a couple of prayers, I want to start there. This is your day, Lord. Thank you. Show me. Guide me. 
Right. And so it sounds simple, but I see fa- I see the buzz getting to families, the the overload, all of everything that that's going on. And but if they reminding them, if they start with God, then um, like Mother Teresa said, in the family, so goes the rest of the world. And so if we start with God in that thought, in that moment, then it resonates out to our children and to their friends and into their schoolyard. How often did our kids come home with something that was from another child? And then sure. when we found out the backgrounds from their child's family, there was a disruption, da, 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 and it ripples into other families. Sure. And so when we understand that it all, we all affect each other, and in the moment we can, but it's, 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 a, it's a muscle. It's a, we have to continually do it from when we're walking outside from the car to the grocery store. Wow, you're outside, you're in nature. We'll take it. You know, look at looking into the sky, to the breeze, to the birds, noticing that God is there. Where does that breeze come from? Where is it going? Only the Holy Spirit knows, right? Um, but we have, but it's a continual um, exercise. It's a continual, and when we get off center, we have to go back to it. You know, when the disruption happens, we go back to it. And but but keeping the holidays holy is a continual exercise, so to yep. speak, a continual effort. Um, and so that helping families do that is we also help each other do that. You know, in our in and just paying attention to people in the yep. grocery store or neighbor, we just look people in the eye because we tend to get buzzing so much that we don't look people well, in you the know, eye. One one of the things that I th- I think is is very helpful is uh, Advent and and the and the the different emphasis of each Sunday in Advent that it, it's. It's very helpful to keep us yes. focused. No, this is the first Sunday of it. Oh no, this is the third Sunday of Advent. This is the fourth Sunday. This is the second Sunday. Um, we're, we're progressing, if you will, but we're keeping it as, as opposed to well, this is the Christmas season. I have to do all these things in the Christmas season yes. until Christmas Day. We have these segments of Advent that really helps, which are, are very it? helpful. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. it's it's you know, and and you know, we've always had our. Holy days of obligation and and those and our feast days and all that in the church and there's something about the church calendar that that gives us focus too you know whether it's the Immaculate Conception on December eighth or Our Lady of Guadalupe which is not a, a holy day of obligation uh, and I don't even like the term I wish we it was called a holy day of opportunity but uh, um, but I understand I understand yeah. why 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 we call it that. But um, in Our Lady of Guadalupe and the, the Feast of the Holy Innocents and, and all these, these ones that really have stories connected to them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then a lot of our, you know, saints days that we recognize. And uh, there's, there's just so many, uh, you know, Sundays that we remember, whether it's, uh, you know, you know, uh, Pente- uh, Pentecost, uh-huh. uh, on and on and the, on, the just, just all these, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, the Ascension, which used used to be on Thursdays, and now uh-huh. it's on a Sunday, uh-huh. um, but forty days after Easter, you know, um, all those things are part of the story, part of the beliefs, part of the continuum, mm-hmm. and the fact that they, you know, it's 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 interesting because every now and then someone will come out with a new Christmas Carol, you know. Uh-huh. And and most of me says I just like the old ones, you know. I like the continuity of it, but I know people that put on Christmas concerts. They're they're always trying to people. They want oh come all you hate faithful right. and joy to the world, and they want all these things. And uh, oh little town of Bethlehem, and mm-hmm. uh, you know Silent Night, all all these wonderful ones. But s- composers and they they like to come out with something new, even religious composers, mm-hmm. but. Rarely does it hit the way the old ones do for me. Right, right, and I, because the old ones talked about the story in a different way. Yeah, they they uh, they enriched the story. That's interesting. You make note of the stories because that's how Jesus taught, right? With yeah. parables, parables, and that's how children learn with yeah. with fairy tales and folklore and so on. We learn by stories, and so and it never gets old. This is yeah. a story that never gets old. For the first time uh, this Christmas season, I attended a live nativity just this weekend, and it brought the story to life. They didn't do anything different than we all know, and the story was just what you would expect. 
from the Bethlehem before, and they had Roman soldiers. And so you saw the dynamics that yeah. went on with people paying taxes, and it brought it to life, and it created um, subtle themes that you don't see in the story, that, right. that the Romans did not have a peaceful presence, that people were really comfortable. They were very cautious right. around them. And then the shepherds out in the field, and, and what their experience was like when the angel of God came to them, just that moment, having it being reenacted, you can't know it until you're standing right in front of it, and then you're, you see it in a different way. Then, of course, the, the birth with a newborn baby, which it takes your breath away yeah. when you get to be that close to the story. And I would offer, because you can just type in live nativity. There's different churches that are doing it around. And whether they have a doll for the infant Jesus or a real baby doesn't matter because it's being there. It's being around it. Your mind uses it and take or receives it in such a way that you actually draw closer to God. Mm-hmm. You see in the in the uh, lack of um, stores and everything around it that it still happened, that God provided. He gave them everything they needed. And so when it draws you closer like that, it, it just changes your advent. Yeah. You know? And so the tradition, the music that you're mentioning, it does, it has those stories locked into it. Yeah, I can't I can't sing... Oh, come all ye faithful on Christmas morning without crying. With It takes me right back to being five years old. Wow. In the same, well, not the same church building, but at the same parish. You oh, know? my gosh. Wow. And, and just, it, it's like, <laughs> like, wow. My kids are looking at me like, what's wrong with that? Oh. You know? But it it, 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 it moves you. It, 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 yes. it moves you. And, and it's, it's, it's timeless. It's, it's, wonderful today as it was when i was a kid you know it's uh there's nobody goes oh well that's that's an old that's an old tune that's not cool anymore it's completely wonderful wow that really speaks to what really matters as we go through christmas when i've done retreats called keeping the holidays holies and holy in different parishes around the diocese and i would tell women i get them to get a um an index card and write down what your three most important priorities are for this Christmas season. Mm-hmm. What do you not, What do you want to make sure to have happen? And then put it up on your refrigerator. Maybe put a copy in your bathroom mirror. And so you, it keeps you focused. And then also we would do an exercise. Go back and tell me what you remember from last year or five mm-hmm. years ago. And they couldn't tell you who got what present. They couldn't tell you about all the other pieces of how the tree was decorated. It was the memories. It was the emotions. It was who was there. And that's what we carry for, forward. And so you talking about your childhood experience and how that tradition has moved now is, and I'm sure as a child, you weren't crying then, but no, because it's no. the richness of the tradition sure, that, sure. that creates a part of the, the human psyche, if you will, that creates a construct that actually anchors you to God. And so I would offer that all this busyness, that for us to be aware that the busyness wants to shave away at the tradition, just keep you so busy. Like, oh my gosh, I'm just not going to do that this year because I have so much going on. But those traditions are what build into our fabric, into yep. our adulthood, which carry us forward. Yep. Because you could probably hear that song in July and it would bring back the same emotional, it yeah. but it would bring you memories of God, not it would, an emotional memory, so to right. speak, because that song and singing it is tied to the, to the sacred birth. And so as parents, especially moms, because they're the ones kind of on the front line, but dads too, both of them are, as they make decisions, having their priorities named so that when other things come up, they can look at it. Okay, I've got another, uh, another request for, to go to a party, another invitation. How does it fit with what I want the family to have? I want to have that evening with the fireplace, reading the, the Christmas story to the kids. Well, that's the night of this party. Could we wedge it in? Could we? No. No. You want the fullness of it. And we, we tend to think that we can digitize our life into point. We can fit it in by minutes. But no, right. it's an emotional memory. It's an experience. And look, when my children were growing up, they're adults now, when they would get sick at Christmas, it was difficult. But I learned from having it happen that... Um, it actually uh, simplified things because mm-hmm. the, the social can- calendar They're, got yeah, clear. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Everybody's home. Things slow down. 
And it, and then we could read the books, and then we had a much different Christmas experience. So I learned possibly that God was trying to tell us something, is to keep it slow, to keep it focused, and start with him. So possibly consider as families what traditions, emotional traditions, in light of what is what you were talking about earlier, what's going on in the rest of the world. If you didn't get to have all those other things, that doesn't matter. But it's the traditions that really give our heart roots Mm -hmm. and help us hold on because it's not we know everything's changing in the world jesus told us right he's not king of this world but when we anchor to him and we keep nurturing the traditions in order for our teenagers to navigate what they have to in order for our young adults to navigate what they have to and so on so forth we have to create the traditions that anchor them so they have that house built on a rock right right and we don't see that Christmas is actually part of that. How we celebrate it is actually part of it. Because um, children, we just don't know what they're going to take from it, but we have to keep nurturing them from all, all sides. I know one thing that uh, we always do at Christmas dinner is go around the table. Usually there's a pretty, pretty good crowd. Mm-hmm. And what are you thankful for in this last year? Oh. And it's even, even as a parent... I'm sometimes surprised by what they will come up with. Oh my! You know, mm-hmm. and it's it's always very moving, you know. Um, um, but it's 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 always a reminder. We do it on birthdays. Oh, that's we do great. it on at Thanksgiving. We, we do it on, especially do it on Christmas, you know. And it's I think it it, it brings back that all you know. The, the, what we have not materially but just what we it it lets everybody know that there are a lot of there's a lot of good things going on Mm -hmm. you know and it's always it's always very very meaningful and and, you know everybody uh my 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 one one of my favorite christmas stories i I probably told it on the air last year at this time but when my daughter was going to um Elementary school, Catholic elementary school. I, I'll leave I'll leave towns and names out, but uh-huh. she was going to a Catholic elementary school, and the kids would they they have the so called children's mass on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. like, usually at four or four thirty or five o'clock or something, and the children's mass was pretty much run by the school, the Catholic school, and and there was a lot of singing and all that and but there was one solo that always got sung it was oh holy night Mm. and usually it was a sixth or a seventh grader because it was just back in those days it was k through eight they didn't Uh have the tk and and it was k through eight and um most kids that Many kids, because too far from Catholic high schools, this was the the last of their Catholic education, uh, elementary school education. They were probably going to go on to a public high school, and of of which, I mean, there are many great public high schools, and and Uh obviously we've got so many great Catholic uh, high schools as well, but they were too far from, and so most kids were going. Uh So they, they, one of my daughters was trying out for this part and it would they'd i think they'd sing it right after communion as i recall towards the end of mass uh-huh. and and the one kid would stand up and this is something we are aware of all the way through from first grade all the way through it would happen and there'd be the one not always a girl uh-huh. more often a girl than a boy but it could be either and would stand up afterwards and sing Oh Holy Night. And it was kind of the, just about the end of the children's mass. Mm-hmm. And it's already getting dark outside and cold and, and all that. And so my daughter was one of those that was trying out for this. And it was between her and a girl named Renee. And Renee got the part. Mm-hmm. And so... My daughter is a seventh or eighth grader at the time is sitting next to me in mass, and there's Renee up there with a very distinctive voice singing Oh Holy Night. And my daughter was being 
okay about it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, she got beat out. You right, know? right. <laughs> yes. But, and she could do a very good imitation of Renee's voice because she had a very distinct voice. And uh-huh. my daughter was a, almost a ventriloquist. She could wow. imitate uh-huh. Bob Hope. She could imitate oh anybody. And uh-huh. she could do a pretty good imitation of Renee's voice. Renee had a beautiful voice. And, uh-huh. you know, uh, uh, it, it's 50-50 who should have got it. And it probably was a right. coin flip. So last year, like many years later, last year we're at the same church and for the children's mass. And my daughter is with us, with her kids. And this time they have an adult for some reason singing this i guess they've gone away from the tradition or what whatever they had an adult sing oh holy night after communion after holy communion and my daughter and i looked at each other i said that's renee oh my gosh i mean we're really talking give myself away 30 years later wow we looked at each other that's renee and somebody who's in eighth grade who's now 40 or 35 right. or something might not even be recognizable right especially if they haven't lived in town all that time uh-huh. and uh, we were like we were like oh my gosh this is this is surreal is. and so after mass we found uh, who was singing a holy night and by golly it was renee and oh she had my. come back she's living in tennessee and she's was back to visit her family or Uh something and we just all had a great time talking about it and talking about long ago and and the competition to be Uh the one to sing it It it's just it was mind-boggling wow you know and and uh, and i said god that's just a beautiful story it is and it proves that god has a sense of humor he does (laughs) he does and as you're describing it about the you know Basically, doing it after communions when the church is quiet and is oh, sacred, yeah. and and we've all received the Eucharist, and it, it sounds profound. And to yeah. sing "Oh Holy Night," oh yeah, uh, you know, it, just a, a solo oh, a cappella, wow, just you know, just just beautiful. Wow, I don't it, think I've ever sing heard somebody sing that, and it wasn't very moving. There is something know. about that song. Yes, yeah. it is, and and the others, like you were describing earlier. Um, I, I, I can hear it and almost feel it from what you're from what you're describing, and we have to search those experiences out. And if we can't, it we need to find the music on our own. That's one of the great things about the internet is we can yeah. go find that. And as parents, not only do we have the responsibility, you know, as I say, the fourth commandment is about parents. The first three are about God, and the rest are about human behavior. And right. parents are the bridge between God and our children, and so. I can only hope that lots of families go home and find a uh, recording of Oh Holy Night with trying different singers, composers that they f- not composers, excuse me, singers that they find on on YouTube and and have their family listen to it in the dark kind of thing and that mm-hmm. quietness because when we do that we're, we're helping our children how would you say really absorb the story because also being a private math tutor, I'm in a lot of homes and just working with kids in education, this buzz has got them distracted, just the continual Mm -hmm. motion and movement and busyness and so on and so forth. And we parents, besides the responsibility, we have a piece that no one else in the world has. We have an influence with our children that is not found anywhere else in the world. And it's what you're describing is what we do at home does ripple forward. Oh, sure We change. It seems obvious, but then I don't think parents... Are recognizing it because they're just trying to keep up and keep things moving. So it's, it's good sometimes just to speak to it and say what you've just described, to, to go home and do that with your children and to make it a, a tradition and or others. And because it's um, because of all of this that's going on and, and the world, and you're talking about the headlines, is we have to give our children the eyes of holiness, if you will. Yeah. We have to help them have the holiness, not only that, um, but and the majority of our children in a parish are not in a Catholic school, right? And so 
all these resources are available to them as well, whether they get it during the day or at night. But that's that family time is huge that you can, we have to, to give our children the eyes of holiness and nurture it. Mm-hmm. And this is a great opportunity to, and going back to Advent with the, with the candles. And if you haven't started your Advent wreath, start it now. It's still got yeah. all those the three candles. We only started the second, but continually do it and bring it to your children and bring them back to it. So they get that foundation of this is God first and everything else is outside right. of that. Because the difference of a, of a generation ago when, when I grew up is that there was only one toy catalog that came in the mail, Sears and Roebuck, right? And now it's endless advertisements yeah. and product placement movies and the internet and the advertisements. And now they're doing, um, you know, McDonald's goes with the toys, or excuse me, um, different fast food do that they put the emblems on the toys. Right. So there's a lot of images and, and information that are it's coming over. Is spilling over into family life, but you can't you you can't push all of it away. It's too much. But if you just keep going back to God, if you just keep coming back to the center and the quietness and the influence and power of parents, and understanding and getting inside of the fourth commandment, while it says honor your father and mother, there's there's more to it. It's the mother and father hold the place in the family, right. and we have divine responsibility, and we also have define influence and authority and our prayers are different for our children than anyone else that will ever pray for our children it holds a different place in heaven right and so and for those thinking of the families that are completely overloaded with all the buzz of all the expectations and possibly going through crises at the same time and possibly be connected to the crises in the world somewhere it's an overload. It's it's a lot for this the, the psyche of the human being to, to take in and navigate through. However, if you put God back in the center, go to adoration. Bring adoration up on your laptop even. Any effort to sit with the Lord, the quietness, the music, start with God, and he'll lead us through all of that when we're so used to being so self-reliant, thinking we have to deal with everything else. But it comes back to oh yeah, adoration is very very powerful, and you know you're right though. I mean, the holidays we hear this all the time, whether it's uh, Thanksgiving, sort of the Thanksgiving through New Year's, and uh, I know I'm using that generic term holidays, but regardless of people's religious beliefs, um, the this is a time of year where where many people really struggle, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's, it's it's a very hard time. It's, it's a very hard time for, yes. for many people, whether uh, may, maybe because because they've had great memories of, of uh-huh. things, how, how they used to be, and they're not that way anymore. They're alone. Yeah. They're, they've got issues. They have problems. They have wh- wh- whatever they are. Um, and it's it's just a and it's something that that's really it's it's really important for I think people to keep that in mind that that's this isn't I, I remember one of the one of our most joyous Christmases I remember I think I think it was you know some sometimes we would go to that children's mass the night before sometimes we would go on Christmas morning depending on the sort of the age of the kids and and occasionally schedules. You know, but I remember I was out with my kids. There were there were four of them, and they were all little. They were probably two, three, four, and five that age. And we went out. It was a it was a chilly Christmas more Christmas afternoon, really. Mm-hmm. And we went out for a walk, and we were going to have dinner, Christmas dinner, probably around six o'clock, and people were going to come over, and. And we, we went for a walk, and uh, it was it was chilly, but it was clear, and and we w- we walked through an older part of town, and here was this woman, out, not an elderly woman, but older than we were, um, she was out raking her leaves, uh-huh. you know, and it was the mayor of our town, oh, and her her kids were grown, mm-hmm. and her husband had died. Not very recently, but but so she was living alone, and but she was a very prominent woman, and she's out raking leaves like 
Christmas afternoon. Uh-huh. And we stopped to say hi, of course, because we knew each other. And I introduced her to all the kids, and some of whom she had met and probably some of whom she hadn't met. And I said, what are you doing for dinner? And she said, well, I hadn't. Only Christmas was a big day in her life, you know, and she was for some reason alone. Her kids are scattered, uh-huh. you know, and adults. And I said, why don't you come over for dinner? Just on the spur of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go home and, and <laughs> say, hey, guess what, honey? <laughs> the right? mayor is coming for dinner. <laughs> and, uh, Get out the good china. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and she said, I'd love to come over for dinner. And by golly, she came. And to this day, she'll send us a note. She'll send us. She doesn't live in town anymore. Um, about what a special Christmas that was for her and for us right you know like it was it was family and extended family and and as 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 extended family gets older they're they're maybe bringing home a college roommate or something Uh you know that didn't have anywhere to go or or even somebody who's a international student that isn't going back to wherever they're from at, at Christmas time um and and so it was kind of an a very interesting group of people. And then here's, here's the, the oh. mayor of the town, you know? Yeah. And yet we did our regular stuff. Uh-huh. We said grace and uh-huh. we made the sign of the cross and we right. did all those things. And we had the manger scene by the fireplace and all of that, you know, I mean, we, we didn't, but we certainly were respectful that other people didn't share our beliefs, uh-huh. but we didn't let it change our Christmas right. celebration, I understand. and and it was joyous. Wow, that that's really lovely. And I'm and it, and you're you're right. In so far as it's such a difficult time of year, the holidays have always been difficult for some people in different situations. But this year, particularly because of um, families being split up over the craziest things, like different views on things and politics. What happened to the good family debate? You know, where you could, well, the good argument that was held within the walls, you know, they got a little, but this splitting, this cutting off is just, we've never experienced this as society. And and Christmas used to be something that would draw people back together. Okay, we just won't talk about it. Let's (laughs) just not go there because we have this great relationship everywhere else, or it's a little bumpy, but we navigate it. But how about we don't talk about fill in the blank, whatever it is. But no, no. And, and so we have to wonder and, and what we can do to remedy the situation. And if we can't, if for older parents whose you know, extended family is not remedying the situation, and I know people, and I'm sure you do as well, I would offer that they can offer themselves up to the Lord, have the thought, Lord, use me. I'm not going anywhere. Use me. What do you want, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to see? going out for a walk and raking leaves. Yeah, just think of the chances that we wouldn't have connected. Right. We had that to was go, a God thing. Yeah, yes. it was. I mean, we had to go down a specific street. Right. I, I, nobody... At that moment. Nobody said, let's draw, let's walk by the mayor's house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. Right. And, and uh, at a specific time, and she had to be out raking leaves at that. It was just like, whew. Wow. Yeah, and, and actually didn't say... Oh gosh, I'm going off to right. somebody's house, or I've got plans, or whatever. She right. just said, "Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yes. yeah, right, right." And and that's God. I really do yeah. think that, oh, that, that, that that's Completely. God doing that. And the fact of how many cards she sent to you years later—that speaks to the joy yeah. that it brought to her. Yeah. And we can only wonder the deep joy it brought her to. And so when we let ourselves, we see ourselves as God designed us, we are his heart and hands. I mean, that's what we talk about parenting, but it applies to all of us in all walks yeah. of life. And and watch to see what God will do with you well, but when we make the prayer. She did get the drumstick I wanted. Oh, but, you know. Okay, but. maybe that's why she didn't get called back again, <laughs> you know. But, you know, that that's really true is that, okay, Lord, I see this. You know the pain. You know the difficulty. I can't do anything about it. This is definitely in your court now. 
but I'm still living and breathing. What do you want me to do? Um, it was several years ago that uh, I was in that situation because my kids and their age in college and so on. I had a gap on Christmas Day. So I set it up with our parish and I did coffees and cookies for people that were alone on Christmas. Mm -hmm. And there was a, a gentleman whose wife had just died. I remember that. And a young family, two, they weren't even old enough. Their two kids were not in kindergarten yet. And they were living in a hotel because they had just moved here. Mm -hmm. And they were waiting for their apartment to come ready sure. January 1st. So they knew no one. They knew no one. And so I quieted the, got everybody to, to quiet the room momentarily. And I introduced them. I said, here's your new family. Here we go. Here's your new parish. And people flocked to sure, them. Sure. So there were all kinds of situations. But by just getting up and saying, if you're alone, here's some folks, here's some coffee and cookies, let's yeah. chat. Let's be Christ to one another. And it was simple. It didn't take any resources. Just, and in fact, we didn't even have time to get it in the bulletin. We made the announcement before the masses. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's funny is the first mass of the morning no one came. And then my daughter commented, she goes, well, of course, if they don't have anyone, they're going to go later. So it breaks up their day. Sure enough, the later masses, we had a booming crowd mm -hmm. of people that were in different situations, were all alone. Sure. And so when we do that, we just don't know how we're going to ease someone else's burden, if nothing else. Maybe make a friend, you know, uh, fight over a drumstick even, or fight over a cookie. But that how we're called to, and maybe that's what the Lord's going to bring out of this. You know, is how we're now I'm going to look somewhere else because I'm not tied up with the family. Maybe we can do that. Can we find joy somewhere else? Can we be Christ to other people that we wouldn't see? Otherwise, we wouldn't have the opportunity because if we were all tied up with the family thing, if everything was like how we want it to be, we wouldn't cross the paths with the other people. We wouldn't have the thought to. And who knows? Let God bring that out of it. Who knows what will happen? So it's just a thought. And it's, it's giving ourselves ourselves eyes of holiness in addition to our children you know and it's turning back to god in our you know this is a very very hard time of year for those folks that are going through this bring it back to god he knows right yep you know keep tugging on his sleeve and watch what happens oh god has his ways i i, I remember um years ago i've probably told this story before too but hopefully anybody's heard it will will say oh i was glad to hear that story again and anybody that hasn't heard the story, but it was a, a Thanksgiving uh, many years ago. I was an adult, had two kids at the time, and as as kids get older, as as my siblings get older, and I unfortunately got older along with my siblings, <laughs> and and it's like, oh, my brother needs. He's got a girlfriend or something, and he's going to visit her house on Thanksgiving. Uh -huh. And and two older sisters that were doing something else, and a younger sister that it was like nobody was going to be around on Thanksgiving Day. Uh -huh. And at the time, I was the only one with with what would be grandchildren for my for my mom and dad. Okay, and. And generally, Thanksgiving, uh, everybody gathered at my mom's house. She was she was still a, an RN working and stuff, but that was just every Thanksgiving we all gathered there, and and people would bring friends and things, and and it was like none of us could make Thanksgiving oh. Day that day, uh -huh. and my mom said she 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 started contacting everybody and said, well, what about, because people lived fairly close. I was the only one in the same town, but people lived within the area, like Vacaville. Or, okay. And, and she said, she said, what if we had Thanksgiving dinner on Wednesday, like the day before? And, I, and I'm immediately just foreign, you know, right. like, I, no, we, we, that's ridiculous. <laughs> we can't. We, that's that's craziness, uh -huh. you know. The turkey won't taste the same. I mean, it's just not it's just not right to have Thanksgiving on Wednesday. Right. It's not going to taste the same. Right. It's just oh. not it's not okay. No. And then my oldest sister said, "Well, actually, I could come on Wednesday, Wednesday night, 
because most people are either traveling or working or something right. the day before. And pretty soon everybody said, yeah, okay, all right, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. It's too important to just not have. Yeah. And so we all had Thanksgiving, and Dad sat at the head of the table, as he always did. He was 76 years old at the time, so my mom was about 70. Uh-huh. And uh, the, my oldest sister was probably 44 or so, and the youngest was in her mid-30s, and I was probably 40 years old exactly. Okay. And so we all gathered, and my two kids, who were 8 and 10 or something like that, 10 and 12, and we all gathered around, and we had, and once it started, it was Thanksgiving. You know, it just felt that way uh-huh. and everything. And then everybody went off to wherever they were going to go on Thanksgiving Day. And I was still in town. And I got a call on Thanksgiving morning from my mom saying, I can't wake Dad up. Oh. He's breathing. He's, I can't wake him up. And so I immediately went over to her house. And he was had slipped into a coma of some oh. kind. Oh. He, had, he had Parkinson's, but was not uh, at a, and, and was debilitated from Parkinson's, but wasn't at a some critical stage where okay. you felt like it was his last days or something. He had thoroughly enjoyed Thanksgiving dinner the night before, and they rushed him off to the hospital. And uh, as it turns out, because he was bedridden a lot, his colon had twisted on him or something, which they say is can be a common effect for a common symptom of somebody who's bedridden a lot. You know, oh, they're not wow. moving around a lot and okay. and had, I guess, ruptured in some way. So he was quite, quite sick oh, and my. and went into a coma and died 13 days later on so. on December 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate wow. Conception, which was something my mom held in her heart as being very special uh, to the day she died. But, mm-hmm. and I thought, wow, we all got Thanksgiving together the day before Thanksgiving for the only time in history that we'd ever done that or even thought to do it. And wow. the, the good Lord knew he wasn't going to be around on Thanksgiving Day. And what looks like it was a step out of tradition was God making sure you all had that time together? Yeah. If we keep putting it back in the yeah. looking at it through the eye through the lens, so to speak, of God in our lives. He God did God do you know do yeah. God it, navigated that for you. And you know, he yeah. was he was hospitalized for those thirteen days and there was a little bit of up and down, you know, some of this all these vital signs that uh-huh. the doctor would talk to you and say, Well, this is a little bit improved, or this one's a little bit down, you know, and but it was uh, ultimately became inevitable. But mm-hmm. you know, and, and he never regained consciousness. And of course, he had two breathing tubes and all this stuff, uh, right. you know, feeding tubes, uh, etc. And at one point, our our pastor came to visit him, sort of late in it, and and. I said to my dad, it was just the pastor and me and my dad. Uh, you know, people kept coming and going, but it, at this moment, it was just me and, and the pastor and my dad. And I, I said, Dad, uh, Father Coffey is here to, to see you. He wonders why you haven't been in Mass. <laughs> and my dad giggled. Oh, my gosh. He giggled. Oh, my gosh. He giggled through all these tubes and... Oh, my gosh. And I went, oh, my gosh. Just started crying. I yeah, think, he's there. Wow. He's there. Because you really assume he's not. Right. Right. You know, you don't want to talk smack about something. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Right. And I was. Wow. It was. It was a gift. That a gift was from a God. Gift. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How it had the subtlety of how God is always present, yeah. and we just get the swirl. Yep. You know. And, and going back, circling back to what you were saying in the beginning, how do people make it without God, is it's a continual choice to not make it with God, is to turn back, 
come back to him in the moment. It doesn't have to be a big proclamation or anything. It's coming back into the moment. And how many stories do, have we all heard about it? I reached out to God, and uh, he showed up, you know. Yeah, there is many, uh, I, I guess they're not called conversion stories. They're called reversion or something. You know, I don't like the word as, as much. Conversion sounds much more positive. But uh, I don't like, it, it sounds wrong to revert back to your religion. You know, right. it's just, well, in but, a way they but are, it, it, is, what it, it right. is what it is. Reversion sounds like a negative, though. It has a, yeah. you know, but, um, but. I think there is as many stories about people coming back to the faith as there are just people converting to the faith, you know, and and some are what you, you know, the old aha moment, and uh-huh. and others are are more gradual, or maybe um, somebody uh, maybe you know you got reconnected to the church when you needed your baby baptized, right, or. Uh, going to a, a nephew's first communion or, you know, just a, a lot of different things where it brought you back to the... I know somebody who was brought back because they came to Christmas Mass, as so many people do, and then that's it. That's right. it, you know. And they heard the choir, and they loved to sing. And... Wow. Ask me later, well, what's that choir? Is it an audition choir? Or uh-huh. I said, I don't know. I'm sure they go talk to the choir director, uh-huh. you know, and next thing you know, they're in the choir. And next thing you know, they're, they're a Eucharistic minister. And, you know, it's oh like, my gosh. you know, um, singing while they're dead. <laughs> But, I, uh, I could never be a Eucharistic <laughs> minister because I'd be going, body of Christ for you, one for me. Body yeah, of Christ yeah. for you, one for me. How could you give it away? Yeah. But, but that said, it's like all the subtle ways God will use us, and the, and he's constantly looking for that. Yeah. And so for those that are going through just an extremely difficult time right now and, and knowing some people that are, it's just talking to God, singing to God, railing against you know but keep the communication open yeah you know if you're frustrated if you're angry god knows it but by bringing it to him it then becomes part of the sacred conversation because he, he knows everything we're going through but if we keep turning back to our father then what does jesus say come to me and i will give you rest now i did notice that doesn't say i'll fix it right away he doesn't even say i'll yeah. fix it but he'll give us rest yeah. My burden is light. Right. My burden. Take on my perspective of this whole thing, of this bigger situation that's going on. Put yourself there. It's nowhere near as bad as you think it is. I can take care of it. Right. And if you keep taking, quit taking it out of my hands, I will take care of it. As a matter of fact, if you'll. Well, it's you know the the knock and the door will be opened. um, Yeah, people say, well, I didn't. I prayed for this, and I, you know. 49ers lost, you know, <laughs> go, well, well, okay, you know, you know, but just think when they win, how much happier you'll be because right. you've experienced the loss. I mean, that's a right. really silly example, but. Well, but, it is true. Uh, we do, we do get attached on the really small things. And what's one oh. of those stories about when you get, after you die, you'll see the front of the tapestry. We only see the back of the tapestry. Yeah. And all the threads and disconnected pieces. And then afterwards we see the front where all these things come together. And so I would just offer the solace for people. That the difficulty is just talk to him, hold his hand, start the day with him throughout the day, look for him. And if, we, if we're looking for him, he actually, he'll sh- I will say he, he's showing up anyway, but we'll see it. Yeah. Right? Right? We'll see where he is, how he took care of us in those very out of ways. And the gratitude, the rosary of gratitude, so to speak, really does help because that makes you, you, to get to 50 or 55 or so, you have to go deeper into your life and your day and your... 53, I think. Is it 53? I was counting up all the, every piece on it. But over 50... Well, I'm thinking you got the three... And then the the crucifix, then the one at the joint. Yeah. That's a medal, usually, so I, I take everything. Go for all of it. And plus 50. 50 for sure. Right. Yeah. Right. But even just to go to 50, you know, and, you know, on a tough day, you can get to 10, and then you're stretching it by the time you get to 13, 14. You're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? But you just keep looking. And at the end of it, like, wow, look at all the things he's done. 
he's been there. And and then with the music, with the Oh Holy Night, that is such a beautiful experience that you described. And how that tradition, what we do, and, and we're being convinced as parents that it can be farmed out. You know, that you can have somebody to, it's not as important as it used to be. No, because kids can navigate, they can figure things out on their own. That's not how God set it up. We have to keep going back to that. That God set it up for parents to be God's heart and hands to help them with all of this. And so the beautiful part is we, the responsibility that we have, the authority, which is divinely appointed, it's pretty big. But the beautiful part is that parenthood is a phenomenal experience. When you <laughs> say it's one of the most people's top experiences at the end of their life is that they were a parent. Yeah, and not and, just and your own. Yeah, others. you'll ne- you'll never uh, <laughs> never hear anybody on their deathbed say, "Well, I wish I hadn't had any kids and had done better at the law firm," or you know, yes. I, "I wish I had made more money." I wish, uh, you know, it's and and you hear that you hear that too. People say, "Well, I'm working extra hard to, to make extra money because I want my kids to have what I didn't have," you know, right. and and there is that pressure. And, and you think, what what didn't you have? If you had parents that loved you, yes, you had it all. You did. You they know, were present for you. Yeah, you paid did, attention. Did, 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 whether it was a shiny new bicycle or a hand me down, or you walked to school, right. um, that's that's not going to that's not going to change anything for the positive that I'm. I want them to have what I didn't have. Right. I mean, unless you were literally starving, but not very many people were. Right. You know. Right. It's difficult, but and also pay attention as, as not only I used to after I had one child, I realized I became mom to one, but somehow I became mom to all, because now you have the the view of being a parent. Surprising what God will bring across your well, path with young people. Yeah, I mean, I can remember with the very first child, a boy, when they first. It's not fair. The mom is recovering and the dad gets to hold the baby you, you know <laughs> right and um and i'm holding him whereas the mom carried that child for nine months and the dad could have been out playing golf you know i mean could right. be doing anything i mean it's not it's not the same i mean uh-huh. it's, it's not the same you can be as supportive and understanding and bonding in your own way but so this is really your first compared to the mom, right. and you're holding this child, and I always wanted to have children. I always uh-huh. wanted to be a dad, but I I was blown away, dumbfounded, whatever it was, by realizing when this child was handed to me, that right then I would have given my life for that child. Wow, you know. And there was nothing noble about it. There was nothing sacrificial about it. It was simply a feeling uh-huh. that this child I would do anything for. And I didn't even know this child 10 minutes ago. Wow. You know, I had never Speaks met to this the child. Of parenthood. Yeah. And right. it was like, and and you realize that was a that was a gift from God. That wasn't anything yes. special about me it's, or anything right. else. That was a gift from God that that you have this awesome creation in your hands right now right. And, and it wasn't a feeling of a duty or an obligation it was a feeling of a joy uh-huh. and an opportunity and uh, a miracle right right wow i remember when uh, when we were uh, we went through years and years of infertility and doctors and so on and i realized through that process that parenthood is the only thing that's purely a grace yeah. You can you can get a degree, you can study, you can exercise, you can get another job. You can do anything you want in yep. life and set up a goal except parenthood. It is pure grace. It is yep. and why that child was born to you at that time, again only God knows. But God but it knows. Is, and it is yes, yeah, and God does. does know and every child is a grace with a plan with their own lives and their personality with your children. Right. They so they had that personality then as well. So anyway, it's just the miracle of childbirth and humanness. Well, so Jane, thank you. Uh, thanks for your time, and thank as you. always, and uh, have a happy and holy and Merry Christmas. Thank you, and same for you and your family. You too. God bless. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. To the cross I look And to the cross I cling 
of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do sing On it must save you Both bruised and crushed 